The following program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of the sponsors, Broadway Media, or any school district, their respected managements or employees. Geekshowpodcast.com, welcome to a brand new episode. Uh, this one, name of the episode is Dr. Acula. Uh, yeah, we've, uh, we're all together on this episode because of technology, and um, we're, we're getting there. <laughs> it's, uh, it's strange doing these shows not all together in the basement. It makes me a little sad, but at the same time, I'm happy to see and hear all of my friends when we record once a week. That's the other thing, is that you remember the, you know, the old days was the three days at a time schedule? Well, now we record every week. So each episode we record is, uh, is uh, fresh and topical, and it's all broken news, essentially. So uh, hope you're enjoying them. Uh, and a special thank you to all of our Patreons as well for helping uh, out in these uh, weird times. I understand it's a, it can be. In these weird times, difficult to do, but we appreciate those of you who have stayed with us, and we're going to continue to provide uh, fresh content, exclusive content on our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com slash geekshowpodcast, full word, geekshowpodcast. Uh, we're uh, doing a uh, Clone Wars deep dive with the with Lee George Cade, the guy who knows more about Star Wars than anyone I know. And uh, we're going to talk about that on our Patreon. We've got some more videos coming up. Uh, uh, all kinds of things happening on the Patreon. And expect fresh con- uh, content at least twice a week on the Patreon. Once to twice a week. Guaranteed. Okay. Uh, let's uh, get to this free episode. And these will continue to be free for you. Thanks to our fine, fine sponsors. Uh, Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. Hold services free. With that, you get a 10% discount on all of your purchases of $20 or more. And the previews catalog for free. Go to 2043 East 3300 South in Salt Lake. And uh, you can also have him mail your comics. Or he's also doing uh, curbside service if you're still kind of nervous about uh, going into the store. The comics should start flowing toward the end of the month, just so you know. But uh, until then, he's got uh, 20% off uh, back issues until further notice. So there you go. Also want to thank Haster Games, who is also doing curbside service in this weird, weird time. Locally owned and operated, they are at 6831 South State, and uh, you can go and see them. They have different times now, different show uh, uh, show times, store times. Uh, so give them a call, let them know that you're coming down. You go to hastergames.com and you can buy whatever it is you're looking for there if you want to do curbside. And uh, then you call them when you get to the store and they'll bring it out to you, 6831 South State. All kinds of great games for this weird time where you're not going out as much. A good Good time for tabletop games. Anyway, let's get to this brand new episode. It is called Dr. Acula. Please to enjoy. Welcome back to the our basements. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I keep wanting to say the basement because I wish you guys were here. I wish I, I, wish was, I was there too. Me yeah. too. But, I think uh, you got to believe in yourself. Is that all it takes? <laughs> yeah. And you just get there. I feel like that'll only get you so far. I can't, wait for, Doc- yeah. I can't <laughs> wait for Dr. Fauci to get up and, and say to everybody on television, you know what I've discovered? We all need to believe in ourselves. That's yeah. the problem. Easy, easy to say when you have tests on hand that are giving you a result within an hour because you're in the White House. Exactly. And you can t- yep. get tested five times a day if you need to. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So weird, rich people. 
right? <laughs> Imagine them taking care of themselves before the the masses. Weird. Come on. I'm just saying, let's make guillotines great again. <laughs> you want to go full French I got revolution, a mace. huh? I got a mace. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they've got an army. We've got maces. Surely corporations <laughs> would do the right thing. Surely. Surely. <laughs> don't. But the, but the stockholders. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> it's like a dollar uh, shave club for guillotines. Uh, Mitt Romney was right about one thing. Corporations are people in that they are selfish and won't do the right thing. No. Oh, there you go. Did yeah. he say that? He said corporations are people, my friend. Okay, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. He was running. But I, I remember so the other stuff. He's right about them being like people. Yeah. They're exactly like people. Yeah, yeah. we can trust them. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, welcoming to the show from their basements and remote locations and uh, <laughs> all Sheds. over the world. He's in his shed. He's Shannon Barnson. No, Lee's in his shed. Lee's in his I'm shed. In, yeah, I'm, I'm in my, my, Lee's I'm in in my laundry, laundry room. room. Oh. There's my I'm miniatures. In my, I'm in my it's hobbit hole. Rocket raccoon poster. There's nice. A, so. A Door and Jay is Jay is where's Jay? Where are you? Yeah, Jay. Oh, I, I don't a, know where that oh, is. That seems very oceanside. Yeah, I'm Aquaman now. <laughs> <laughs> Going for Aquaman and not Black Manta. Black Manta is oh, Black Aquaman. Ooh, I want it's a too, Black Aquaman. There's too much tragedy in that story of Black Manta. That's true. You know, and it's too obvious. Black Man, duh. You know, it's, just, it's, it's it feels too. It feels like a reach. And Rebecca's broadcasting next to her uh, brand new spice rack that looks like a fire escape. A fire escape. Fire escape. And I've got a temporary. I rearranged my office slash living room area, so I have a sheet up, to, and then you can see my long room. Oh, so the sheet is there to make us think that you're broadcasting from a, a void. Yeah, and also to like help with sound. Or a laundry mat. <laughs> <laughs> My clothes is drying. And uh, Tony is in master control somewhere. Yeah, a basement. My my basement, to be specific, I suppose. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Check me out on Twitter at Quad T Tony or on oh, the yeah. uh, Gadget Spot. Yeah, everybody, plug your stuff before we get started here. Stuff. What stuff. I know stuff. Check oh, out the. <laughs> Full Feather Fridays, you know, I appreciate it. I appreciate oh everybody's my support. God, my God, Full my Feather Friday. Ass, my stupid-ass bird show. I love it. It is so good, Jay. Thank you. I'm doing it all by myself. It makes me sad because I need help. I need help can, so much. Can I do a guest spot about crows? I would love it. We need to do crow stories. Crow stories. Hot <laughs> pockets. <laughs> Jim Henson's crow a, stories. I relaunched my blog. <laughs> Oh yeah, you want? Because blogs are the you know they're the medium of the future. I, this is one thing I know. As we backslide out of civilization, blogs are are going to be more relevant <laughs> than anything else until the satellites fall from the sky. But uh, yeah, lgk.wordpress.com because I'm not paying for this shit anymore. It's just a free blog where I write about miniatures because you know I I don't understand how microphones or recording podcasts work. <laughs> that's a free pod. See, that's the. You really want to go free? You got to go to geocities.com and get you a no, website there. I actually, I actually had the world's most popular Baldur's Gate GeoCities site in 1998. 
I'm not Jesus. ever going back to GeoCities. But if you if you this actually look if you actually look for the Flaming Fist, it has nothing to do with sex. Um, <laughs> that website from 1998 to 2001 was one of the leading D and D sites in the world. This is all true. In the world. Mm-hmm. In the world. Oh, you think you're uh, better than me? Uh, no, I think you were probably five when that happened. So, <laughs> my angel, my angel fire account is closed. Oh my yeah. god! I have a tripod. What was it? Yeah, I think it was tripod. Yeah, my website I, uh... to my old rap group is still up. <laughs> when, anyone... I was when I was seventeen. Anyone still Shannon? have a MySpace? Yeah, I still go. Yeah, to I MySpace. just I, don't, I can't remember the password though. <laughs> Mine is D's not Sparkle two five seven. I got back into my uh, I got back into my MySpace account a few months ago and found a book I wrote in 2006. Really? Yeah. Was it was yeah. it good? I I think so. It's actually pretty good. A guy gets killed while he's masturbating to an X Men comic. Oh, <laughs> yeah, so it's it based awesome. on actual events then. Well, it's, uh, I wrote it. I wrote it in Sheep Rape, Oregon. So I mean, I had a I had a lot of inspiration for characters. Oh, good. Yeah. I feel All like right. MySpace could come back right now pretty solid because. Well, yeah, well, no, MySpace has moved to, like, strictly be, like, a music platform. Yeah, they kind of switched gears. Because JT, JT, like, owns part of it. Mm. Who? Yeah, Civilization disintegrates. Oh. Things will go backwards. Hmm. JT, just testicles. In eight to (laughs) nine years, MySpace is going to be all the rage again. It's just cyclical. And then Angel Fire and GeoCities... And then we'll be back to flip-top phones and brick phones. And then Carrie will be doing live remotes from dance clubs again. Oh, and yeah. Then, yeah. Because civilization is Benjamin buttoning right now. Oh, that means I that means I peaked a little while ago. And no, 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 no. all back you're downhill gonna, from here. You're going to keep growing old until you die. Civilization's just yeah. going backwards. Oh, that's, yep. It's, it's the Benjamin buttoning of Western civilization. <laughs> I'm going to have a Caesar cut again soon. <laughs> uh, All right. Let's get this over with. Um, Jeez. <laughs> All right. I'm not and our host. And our host. Yes. Carrie uh, Jackson. Jackson. Thank you. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10, still broadcasting live from my basement, uh, x96.com. Okay. Uh, I thought, I thought you guys a... were going to 11 now. Yeah, we go to 11 a.m. now. Yeah. You, you guys go all the way to up to 11? Yeah, yeah. Here, let's pay you less and make you work more. All right, there we go. It's capitalism at its finest. Indeed. Sounds like Western civilization. Mm-hmm. Corporations are people, my friend. Uh, let's see. we got to raise three glasses today. Ready? Uh-oh. Uh, first one, yeah. tragedy. Tragedy! Roy Horn. Roy Horn dead. Who's Roy Horn? Yeah. Who's that? Siegfried and Roy. Oh. Right. Oh. Oh, really? shit. Yeah. Oh, should he disappear? Man, there is a day glow orgy in heaven right well, now. <laughs> I was going to say, when's the last time anyone's actually seen him? Hasn't he been, like, kind of he's, sick for a long time? He's, well, well he ever was, since that tiger ate him. Yeah. You know, the tiger mauled him. <laughs> that, <laughs> well, That'll really slow him. you down. That'll, that'll fuck you up. That's I mean, the so, definition of what doesn't, uh, what doesn't kill, kill you. you or some, will severely fuck you up for life <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh he yeah he was mauled by the tiger montecor and uh you know montecor was montecor was helping him off the stage if anyone asks that's what was happening. Yeah, they still sticking with that story they stick with that story oh, geez 
Hey, uh, and every old German lady I know still believes that story. Of course they do. But uh, he uh, was 75. He died Friday in Las Vegas of complications from the Rona. Uh, oh, wow. He got the Rona. The Rona got him. Fuck. Well, there you Man. Go. So there, there's, uh, there's our first in a number of. There we go. You know, if the uh, Rona can take our, if Rona can take our aged German celebrities, oh, but how they'll are never take ah freedom. Celebrities <laughs> like, really are just like us. They really are. Uh, the second one that we need to raise a glass to is uh, a man who absolutely was a pioneer for everything rock and roll. Indeed, we should. Yeah, I was gonna say Everybody's... we should do him last, but yeah. Ike Turner died? <laughs> well, I wanted, I wanted to save uh, yours to last, uh, Jay, because I want you to tell me about him. Um, okay. Um, because I'm, I'm familiar yeah. with him, but I, I, didn't, I couldn't find any information about him, and that was sad. But uh, here we go. Everybody raise a glass, Little Richard. Now, here's the thing about Little Richard, is that... Uh, well, two things. Uh, he was on my Deadpool, and I've got 13 points now. Um, <laughs> Silver lining, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, Ooh, this guy. score. <laughs> thank you. Uh, this guy, if it wasn't for him, and I'm just going to read the words of uh, Vernon Reed from Living Color. He said this, because this is absolutely true. He says, without him, no Jimi Hendrix, no Beatles, no Bowie. No Bolin, no Glam, no Freddie, no Prince, no Elton, no Preston, no Sly, no Stevie. Without Little Richard, they didn't happen. Without him blazing a trail in the dark in sequins, if he had his shirt on at all, at a piano screaming like a white woman. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely true on every point there. Well, uh, rock and roll as we know it. I mean, just like everybody stole from him. Oh yeah, yeah, he doesn't. You know what I mean? He does not get the credit that he deserves. No, you know, I mean, you know Albert, who, you know Albert who gives him credit? Yeah, you, the person who gives him credit is Mike Little Turner. Richard. Little oh. Richard gives him yeah. credit. Oh yeah, uh, he you does. Because he, he wasn't knew. Shy about it. <laughs> he was not shy, but well, he knew. He knew the yeah. truth. Yep. And uh, so he was uh, 87. Uh, the article here I'm reading says he called himself the architect of rock and roll. I think we could say he was the architect of rock oh, and roll. Definitely. Uh, career spans seven decades, uh, you know, all kinds of amazing music, you know. You won't do your sister's will. I mean, just tons of, tons of great stuff. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. Can't help it, the girl can't help it. If she walks by, the mean folks stand in rows. Just amazing. Just amazing shit. That's boozy. I like that. I read an article um, about this as well this morning, and it was really interesting, uh, just like you guys are saying, how criminally overlooked he got through his career. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. there, yeah. were, there were remakes of his songs within, like, a, f a couple years after his songs came out and they would 
get higher on the charts than his original versions. It's like oh, that that was what, also what's going that on was also with that? rampant during the history of yeah. early rock and roll where so many oh, people yeah. would cover the same song and and it would do there, bigger numbers. There are so many black musicians who had their song stolen by white musicians that then became popular and the person who actually wrote the song originally was nowhere. That's why I keep bringing up Ike Turner. Like there's a rumor going around right now that he may have actually been in the band that recorded the very first rock and roll song. It was accidental. Really? Their guitars were out of tune. And it was literally one of those things where one of those radio stations in the South that was playing black music after midnight because they'd get burned down if they played it before midnight. Mm. Uh, they just happened to have Ike and his band in in like 1951 or 1950. And uh, they recorded this song. Everything was out of whack. Everything was out of tune. And they were in a hurry to get somewhere. And then that recording took off. And because of all the people that heard it, everybody hearing it went oh let's do this kind of music now so yeah. whether that's true I mean, or not it's hard to well, say ike ike says it's bullshit well, i mean the first, really yeah one of my favorite bands the kinks one of the first singles that they were ever released was a remake of long tall sally and it went nowhere right uh, hmm. but but uh this here's another quote about little richard uh, ava duvernay the director uh, she wrote, I served soul food brunch to Little Richard every day for a year while waitressing at Aunt Kizzy's backup porch in L.A. I was a college student. He tipped me a crisp $100 bill each week on a $75 breakfast with friends. This was 30 years ago. It helped me so Dang. much. God rest his soul. Oh, wow. wow. So help Dang. out there. And then there was another one, Jay, and I couldn't get the information on this one. Yeah, this one, this one, like, I, I won't lie, like, I heard I heard about this one before Little Richard. Um, this one's a big deal, actually. This one's a big, this one's a big, big deal, because it's like today, uh, black music, not just music in general, but lost two icons. You know, you have Little Richard, who basically pioneered rock and roll, but then you have Andre Harrell, who basically is responsible for the like bridging hip hop and R and B music? Like, uh, he mm -hmm. was the founder of Uptown Records, which uh, found Jodeci, uh, found Mary J. Blige. He sound he signed uh, P Diddy, like Puff, Puffy Combs. So without him, you get no Puffy, you get no Biggie, you get no Heavy D and the Boys, you get no Mary J. Blige, you get no Jodeci. From Jodeci came Missy Elliott. Uh, you you get no Guy, uh, and from Guy became. Uh, Teddy Riley from Teddy Riley you get no uh Pharrell there's just so much he started it all like you get you get nothing uh you get you, you get no soul for real heavy D like all like um there's just all these artists that came out of there um he he uh was part in parts of a there was a show called New York Undercover with that had Malik Yoba in it um and it was basically a black version of Law and Order and he was he was part of the he had a he had a part in that and that he's part of what got Ice T onto Law and Order and all it's like crazy stuff that all goes back to this dude. So he's just like a massive part in hip hop because without him you don't get Biggie, you don't get Puffy, you don't get Pharrell, you don't get Missy, you don't get Jodeci. So like, ugh, it's it's this was like a heavy hit for that. He's like, he's like a foundation they all built on. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, well, because uh, because Teddy Riley invented new jack swing and and then uh, um like you just get like and mary j blige was the kind of like the queen of hip-hop and r&b and so it's just like there was a lot of that bridging the gap between those between those separate genres so yeah it, it's a sad day it's I'm a, a drink one. yeah have one 2020 is such a piece of shit 
And you guys were complaining about 2019. It's almost like 2020. Said, <laughs> and you guys were complaining about 2018. That's so true. I can actually tie this Ike Turner song back to Little Richard. Do it. You ready? So the yeah. song was called the song was called Rocket 88, and it was uh, it was actually actually attributed to Ike Turner because it was his band, but they went by a different name when they recorded it for Sam Phillips, and. Um, Turns out Little Richard actually used the piano music that Ike Turner wrote um, on Rocket 88. He used sections of that for Good Golly Miss Molly. Really? Yeah. So the song was recorded in 1951. And because the amplifier was broken for the guitar, they stuffed it full of newspaper. And it was the first case of distortion ever recorded on a guitar. And everybody's like, oh, shit, that's rock and roll. So <laughs> distortion is, is like the foundation of rock and roll. Exactly. You know that sound you've been looking for? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's all, it's all out of a broken amp in Memphis. So yep. anyway, yeah, it's uh, that sucks about Little Richard. And yep. it sucks right. about 2020 and it sucks about the fall of Western civilization. Uh, and to be honest, I've been bitching since 2016. But anyway, uh, oh. yeah, but it seems like each year after that's like, hold my beer. Exactly. You know? <laughs> All right, let's get to some uh, some good news. Um, yeah, I got some good news. This was the big story that dropped yesterday. Well, as we record this, um, Tamora Morrison Morton is it Morrison or Mortensen? I thought it was Mortensen. Tamora Morrison. Yeah, it's Morrison. Who played who played uh, Django Fett in Attack of the Clones, and was uh, also an Aquaman. You brought up Aquaman earlier. Uh, he is going to appear in season two of The Mandalorian. Did we finally get legitimate confirmation on that? Yeah, I've seen. I it. got okay. it from Hollywood Both Reporter. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because yesterday it was like we got this covered. Says it's like yeah, but they've been saying that every six weeks for two years yeah. now. Right, that'll be right. Hollywood eventually. Reporter doesn't quote a source, <laughs> but it says according to their sources, and I, I trust the Hollywood Reporter is that he'll be playing Boba Fett. Nice. Well, that's who should be playing him. Oh, yeah. you member Boba Fett? <laughs> oh, I member. Now, here's how The Hollywood Reporter puts it. Uh, Boba Fett is expected to play a small role in Season 2 of the series after the character was teased in the Season 1 episode, The Gunslinger, when mm-hmm. a mysterious figure, and I remember we talked about this, the spurs. Uh, sporting the Bounty Hunter's uh, Spurs sound effects, um, showed up. Now, sources say that Morrison is playing Boba Fett, but as they put it, it's always possible that something sneaky involving cloning is going on. Well, I mean, Boba it'll Fett be clone. a it'll be a big uh, big surprise for a lot of Star Wars fans because he probably won't have his armor. It will most likely be Boba Fett without that armor. But it's also been hinted in some of the lore that Boba Fett had multiple sets of Mandalorian armor because the armor does change between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. His band braces and knee pads and stuff are different. But he, in the Aftermath books, Chuck Wendig's math, Aftermath books, there's a whole storyline of somebody who's got this acid par, uh, acid-pocked, beat-up Mandalorian armor that he stole from some Jawas in the middle of the Tatooine Desert. And it's not Boba Fett, but it's definitely his armor. So it'll be interesting to see how they tie all that together. And, and, and which, uh, which book was that in? It's the Aftermath, Aftermath. Trilogy from Chuck and, Wendig, which takes place one year after Return of the Jedi. And those are, those are considered canon, right? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. Yeah, so there's this, this, uh, there's this guy, he's like a marshal or a sheriff. He puts together a posse and starts restoring um, peace to Tatooine after. And that's kind of the whole thing with that Tatooine episode is you can kind of see the aftermath of these people pushing the Imperials off of Tatooine. Heads on spikes, you know what I'm saying. 
Heads on spikes. Right. Uh, and uh, before we go to break, this is uh, news uh, specifically for Tony. He'll be very happy about this. Uh-huh. Uh, here we go. Is it uh, Arnold Var- related? <laughs> Arnold? <laughs> Variety. <laughs> well, it's just because I know you like Borderlands. I know you like that game Borderlands. Oh, yes. I do too much, actually. But yes. And they're making a, they're making a movie. And they have cast their first uh, character. You know the character Lil- Lilith? Yeah, she's yes. uh, yeah. she's pretty she's, much the... She's uh, hot. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, in, in, in more ways than one, because she is a uh, fire elemental. That's what I meant by it, okay? Oh. I'm not... Don't cancel me, please. <laughs> <laughs> is that bad now to say? Hot? Anyway. Um, they have cast the part of Lilith, and this actually makes me very, very interested because I love Kate Blanchett. Yeah, and uh, you know, have I ever seen her put in a bad performance? I don't think so. And I so can't think of one. No, I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, I loved her as uh, Hela on mm. uh, Ragnarok. She was awesome. She was and one of my favorite parts of that movie. A actually. little bit of the, a little bit of the same vibe for Lilith. Uh, just she was just so much kinder. Yeah. <laughs> it says here uh, Lilith is one of the original playable characters from the first entry in the Borderlands franchise, gone on yep. to become one of its most important characters. Yep. One of a rare breed of female psychics known as sirens, only six of which exist in the Borderlands yeah. universe. Lilith yep. wields her magic abilities as both a mercenary treasure hunter and the leader of the anti-corporation resistance group known as the Crimson Raiders. Yeah. God, I love I love that game. So good. Can I, can I be Roland? I want to be Roland. Dude, you would make an awesome Roland. We Thank need you. to get you a turret to throw out so you can <clears throat> team up the, with uh, your turret. The film Thank version you. has a screenplay by Craig Mazin, who wrote Chernobyl, who is also currently at work adapting another video game project at HBO, The Last of Us, he's oh, working wow. on. So, oh, yeah, we talked about that. <laughs> so if he was a writer for Chernobyl, then I have decent hope for this movie then because Chernobyl was one of my favorite miniseries of all time. It was amazing. Well, and, and Chernobyl and Last of Us are both feel-good stories. Oh, very much so. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, Last of Us, I, I think the guy, the main character's kid, dies in the first six minutes. Yeah. And they don't they don't cut any of that shit. It's just like, oh, here's the dead kid. Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and somehow they're able to make you really care about that kid in six minutes. Right. You know? So you, you're crying within ten minutes of this game starting. It sounds fun. It's a great game. It's, it's a really good game. <laughs> it's a game for the whole family. Salt Lake, the Salt Lake City chapter is actually one of my favorite sequences in any video game ever. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, if, uh, if 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 Utah or Salt Lake City can appear anywhere but Dateline again, two weeks in a row. <laughs> How did we get on Dateline? Two weeks in a row, we've been on Dateline. How? Actually, uh, <laughs> for what? <laughs> Uh, the uh, the murder uh, of the of those kids, the alleged murder oh. of those kids, mm. the missing kids, and then they just did a special on uh, Ruling All Red. <laughs> y'all been on that? Y'all been on ESPN too? Shit, The Last Dance? They showing that shit? That shit's good. Y'all need to be watching oh, yeah. that. Yeah. That's just did gonna make me sad for the jazz again. Nope, nope, those kids they're still are just missing. Gone. Mm. And uh, well, on that note, after oh, the these, these messages, messages, we'll be right. right. Little Richard is spinning in his grave right now, just hearing that. And now, a special message from Dave at Dr. Volts. 
Dave and the Dr. Volts crew would like to thank everyone for their continued support through these difficult times. Dr. Volts Comics is committed to continuing to serve our beloved community. Dr. Volts intends to remain open for our customers, and we're offering curbside pickup. We can even send you your comics in the mail. Call us for details. We are temporarily closed on Sunday so we can keep everything clean and organized. We are strictly following the state's guidelines for social gatherings, so we ask our dedicated customers to help us comply so that we can remain open. Though new monthly titles have slowed down, the Dr. Volt's crew has been hard at work preparing our extensive inventory of back issues for sale. All of this hard work is so that we can bring you New For You Wednesdays. New For You Wednesdays are the opportunity to pick up that storyline everyone keeps recommending or fill in those missing pieces for your collection. Every New For You Wednesday, we'll be putting out new back issues for sales. And if you can't make it on Wednesday, no problem. Until further notice, back issues will be 20% off every day. So wash your hands, be safe, and read comics. Hold service is free, and with that, you get a 10% discount on all of your purchases of $20 or more and the previous catalog for free. 2043 East, 3300 South in Salt Lake City, it's Dr. Volt's Comic Connection. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this podcast. And we're back. All right. Uh, so uh, I can't remember if I read this to you guys or not. Um, the guy who created Black Mirror... <laughs> yeah. I saw this he, article, uh, yeah. He says, uh, uh, we're all too depressed for more episodes of Black Mirror. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe Holy that? Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. This is when I need you the most, Charlie Booker. <laughs> the guy's Charlie like, Brooker. this is bad enough. <laughs> yeah. Here's yeah. What he truly he's... is the endless bummer. Here's what he said. At the moment, I don't know what stomach there would be for stories about societies falling apart. So... <laughs> I'm not working away on one of those. I'm sort of keen to revisit my comic skill set, so I've been writing script aimed at making myself laugh. <laughs> so, right. See, I always figured the creator of Black Mirror laughed at those episodes anyway because of how he was making everyone feel. <laughs> Look at these guys. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're, now we're just living it. I know. Of Black Mirror. Without yeah, all exactly. the cool tech. Well, yeah. some of the cool tech. Um, yeah, we got some pretty cool tech. Indeed. Now, we're talking uh, to, dude, we're talking to each other from miles away. Like that's cool tech, exactly. With almost exactly. no lag. It's crazy. Um, it's something I'm else. Sorry, uh, your future isn't very good. <laughs> something else that is uh, happening on uh, Disney Plus. It's coming May fifteenth. Some new content for you. It's called the Fury Files. Yeah, I saw an uh, article about this. Yeah, May 15th, um, Nick Fury has files on every single Marvel superhero. Fury Files gives viewers top-secret access to S.H.I.E.L.D. intel on key Marvel heroes and villains. All of this told by none other than the mysterious Fury, bringing together... How long long do you think it took him to type up all those files? Because, you know, at the end of Captain Marvel, when he's (laughs) typing up the Avengers initiative, it's taken him a while. He's not a fast typer, is he? Yeah. Uh, Hopefully he's got a dictation program. He can just read it off. (laughs) He's too old school for that. It's a a mix of uh, animation and motion comic art. Uh, Mm. 
you know, so uh, it's an animated series hosted by Nick Fury, probably not Sam Jackson, but a, a Sam Jackson sound alike. Uh, that will be on May 15th on Disney Plus. Just for Finally. you. Finally, my Samuel Jackson impersonation skills are paying off. <laughs> no, Sam, Samuel Jackson wouldn't do it because he couldn't say motherfucker on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> he still hasn't said motherfucker on any of the Marvel movies. I know. But he goes, just run, mother. Just, just, just run with it. I am. <laughs> Play in the space, Lee. Yeah. And okay. uh, let's say see. Yes. Say yes. Yes, and. Yes. Yeah. All yes, right. and. And because you asked for it, just when you thought Twilight was dead. Yes, oh, yes, God. yes. Who asked, who asked yes. for this? Oh, yeah. Rebecca did. Rebecca, Rebecca did. <laughs> I okay, lost so Rebecca. many friends over this shit. <laughs> I, saw I saw your Yo. tweet about that. Like, was that for real? Yeah, dude, that's for real, man. Yep. Stephanie Meyer's racist as shit. She didn't want people she of color sucks. in her movies. She sucks. <laughs> I had no uh, idea. Yeah, if like, you're. Well, oh, yeah, now see, you're just, talking about something else. I'm I'm talking about an, a new book from from her. Yeah, I know that. Well, <laughs> that's what he was. And, that's. that's yeah, what was that the same article? Yeah. Well, like, so so Catherine Hardrick, the director of the first Twilight movie, yeah. um, when she was talking the with best Stephanie, one. Me <laughs> no. When she was talking with Stephanie Meyer, like about casting and stuff, Stephanie Meyer said that she would only cast a black person as a villain. And what? Like, yeah. yeah. It's like wild, dude. It's wild, mm -hmm. problematic shit. She's uh, a pre nineteen seventy six Mormon, so like Mark of Layman type is thing, that right? Ooh. Oh yeah. The, no, I'm uh, I'm wondering because that was the thing pre no. prior to seventy six that <laughs> I don't think you know, she's that old. Well, she, yeah, but she might have been raised by somebody. Oh, who still oh I see that. what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess you you can catch it. it, um, it yeah, she's she, super Mormon. Wasn't she pissed off that the werewolves were Native American? I think didn't so. She, well, didn't yeah. she write them as Native American? Yeah, but she stole know. a lot of like Christianity and placed it like in yeah. their story. Yeah. And that also kind of ties into that whole uh what the the Nephites that are in Central America now, supposedly. Yeah, yeah. It's a yeah. whole look up, yeah, look it up on the yeah. on the internet if yeah. you don't know what we're talking about. I, I was I mean seriously, that's the Twilight's the first time that I actually got corrected by HR because a lady was complaining about a uh, semi-risque poster that her cubicle mate had of a, a woman working on a tractor and she had uh, werewolf boy posters all over her cubicle. <laughs> Taylor like, Lautner with his yeah, shirt off. And, and he was 17 at the time and he <laughs> yeah. didn't have a shirt on. And I'm like, you are literally objectifying a minor. Uh -huh. And so it's the first time I, first time I had HR tell me that I needed to be nice to people. Uh, anyway, Stephanie Meyer, besides being racist, she Bitch. is revealed. <laughs> um, she uh, is re a new, a new book. It's, it's called Midnight Sun. Let me tell you all about Midnight Sun. Okay, go ahead. So forever ago, she was writing this book, Midnight Sun, which is essentially Twilight from Edward's point of view. Because um, we need that. We do. <laughs> and somebody leaked it. And so she pulled a Quentin Tarantino, or I guess Quentin Tarantino pulled a Stephanie Meyer and was like, fine, I'm taking my book and I'm going home and you don't get it. But what I think happened was coronavirus happened and everyone was like, this is what killed Edward Cullen. Edward Cullen died of the Spanish influenza, but then they made him into a vampire to save his life. Anyway, so people are bringing that back up now in the time of corona. And so she's like, maybe I'll just profit off this again, like the old J.K. So, Rowling. So... Ooh. It's written from his point of view. Yes. So she, what'd she just do? Change fucking pronouns? 
No, well, no, because you have Edward's whole like situation, Shannon. You idiot. <laughs> no, this is the first time hearing that Edward died in the Spanish flu. This is the first time hearing he would have died. Yeah, and his doctor of the world's population died of the Spanish flu. Yeah, he was like on his deathbed, and the doctor who was helping him is now his like dad. And and what bit him? Yeah, yeah he, he turned him. He oh. turned him. Okay, Doctor Acula. <laughs> Hey. I'm trying to remember. What's the name of the doctor dad? Uh, Count Chocula. Uh, Peter? No. <laughs> that's the actor's name. I, I think it was Dr. Dad. Dr. Dad. Or I'm Dr. Pretty sure Dog. Was, I'm pretty sure it was Dr. Acula. Yeah. Dr. Vampire Dad. But this uh, this book is, uh, yeah, because you asked for it, it's coming out. Well, I guess it, will be, it yes. will be kind of interesting yes. to see how much this book is the same as the leaked version, if she changed that mm. much, or if she's just like, just like Rebecca said, she's like, ah, I'm going to put it out anyway. All right, so and, like, has this, she evolved at all, right? Because her writing is terrible, and her, yeah. the story is terrible. So, yeah. like, has she evolved at all to make it more appealing? No, I'm telling you, this is how she wrote it. She, she pulled up her original copy, her Word document of that shitty book, and then she would go, okay, I'm going to need to change that I to a me. That's the same. Change we that, owe uh, Stephanie Myers so much, though. He. What am I, 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 what are we I, do, I don't know her No, I do, I do credit her just a little bit with getting some kids into horror movies that they wouldn't have otherwise gotten into. That wasn't her. That was the popularity of the books. But without her, we would have never gotten Fifty Shades of Grey. The greatest literary true. accomplishment of the last 10 years. Shannon, that's oh an God. example of going in and switching pronouns. Because yep. all Fifty Shades of Grey is used to be Twilight fan fiction. I know. I don't care. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> just making sure. I'm just glad I, I'm just glad I lost followers and, and got unfriended a lot over this post that I made. It, it's It's been Put a it. bright spot for me in this <laughs> bleak times of 2020. <laughs> A bunch well, of I said my light stands got pissed off at you. Yeah, I said if you want to support a racist who's bad at writing, save your money and just read a crazy relative's Facebook comments. I'm sorry, I spent a lot of time on that joke. That's I was good. pretty proud of it. That's, that's a good one. I spent a lot of time. I looked like my lady was looking at me all morning, like "You all right?" I'm like, "I'm thinking," because I want to piss <laughs> off some people today. <laughs> <laughs> and I. I Cause like I love I love doing those polarizing posts sometimes. Cause just like to thin the Facebook herd just a minute. Cause I don't like I don't mm -hmm. have time to unfriend all that shit. I don't. So uh, every now and then I'll just make a just polarizing say, post. Yeah, just just say some shit. You know, just just be, a, just be a black person with a with a, a you know, intelligent An opinion. opinion. You know? <laughs> uh, let's see, two more uh, comic books being developed into movies, and they've already got creators behind them. Uh, let's see, there's Profit, which is one that uh, I never read. It's Rob Liefeld, I guess. <laughs> yo, he be, uh, yo, he be overdrawing uh, the shit out of some shit. <laughs> like, Rob... That's Rob, the best description. <laughs> except, be for over, yeah, except, yeah, except for feet. Except for feet. Nothing down. No, uh, but Rebecca, that is the best description of, of, of Rob. Like, he just be overdrawing good. the shit out of some shit. <laughs> a DNA-enhanced super soldier placed into cryogenic freeze for a future mission. <laughs> oh, he's overdrawing the fuck Aw out of this. Awakens, pre awakens <laughs> prematurely in the present, searching for a mission that does not exist. Okay. So 
Captain America? Yeah, kind of. Um, Mark Guggenheim is uh, writing the film adaptation. And the second one is Ball and Chain uh, from Scott Lobdell, his comic book mm-hmm. series. That was pretty uh, good. Big sick writer Emily Gordon is going to uh, do the screenplay. Mm. Oh, I love her. And uh, they have attached uh, Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt. Emily <laughs> <laughs> likes this one too. Aren't, aren't they already in a movie together? Uh, yeah, uh, the that, Jungle uh, Book movie, that, Jungle Cruise. No, the Jungle Cruise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jungle Cruise. Yeah. So I just uh, can't story- wait to see Dwayne the Rock Johnson play Dwayne the Rock Johnson in another movie. <laughs> uh, let's see. According to uh, the story, Dwayne Johnson and Emily Blunt attached a star in the film uh, concerns a married couple who are on the brink of divorce. Until a, mysteri- <laughs> until a mysterious meter bathes the couple in extraterrestrial energies, giving them superpowers that only work when they're together. Yeah. Oh, Wonder oh Twins. so this is uh, Hancock. Oh, yeah. No, oh, reverse Han- on, uh, yeah, it's on reverse Hancock. Hancock. They lose reverse their powers Hancock. as they're together, yeah. This is Yo, reverse Hancock, yeah. I thought that shit was beautiful, actually. The closer they get together, they could like pair off and just live. That shit's cute. I like Hancock. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. I did good. too. I, I, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed Hancock. I mean, it was like, man, this this shit is powerful. You know, I I'm terrible. I haven't seen it. It's, it's, it's definitely good. It's, it's worth a viewing like, for sure. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not okay. trying. To, I'm not. I'm not trying to hype it up too much. Yeah, it's well, a good one. I'll I'll pick it up. I'll pick it up. Take a look at it. Uh, I let's think see, people we... just didn't know what to do with it. And Jason mm-hmm. Bateman plays a classic Jason Bateman, hapless white guy. Charlize oh, Theron yeah. is hot in it. Charlize oh, well, I, I, you got me a Charlize Theron, then. I'll be yeah. there. There you go. Speaking uh, of someone it's, playing, it's the, the, playing the same character over and over, I was going to say, Lee, if you want to see Dwayne Johnson step out of his uh, The Rock persona of movie characters a little bit, uh, watch Bob's Ball- and Shaw. Uh, no. <laughs> I was going to say, watch Ballers. Uh, yeah, I've I've watched Ballers. I enjoyed him in that. Uh, yeah. He actually and did not play himself in Southland Tales, which oh, is I a terrible movie. One. It's a terrible movie, but he's really good in it. Like he's yeah. Awkward. I thought he was. I thought he was pretty yo, good in Ballers yo, too. I liked that. What's that was interesting? Was it, was it Get Shorty or no? Uh, Be Cool, where The Rock is in yeah. it and he plays like a Samoan uh, like gay actor or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yo, that yeah. that shit is funny as hell. He's funny as shit in that. Oh, the dude's got some range. It's just what people oh, want to see. Him oh yeah, play he gets cast is, the same character a lot. He wants to. They want him to play the Rock, but yeah. the yeah. dude can act. He's got chops. So yeah, he fought a building in skyscraper, and I was like, "This is riveting." <laughs> With a, a fake leg. <laughs> That's that right. That is true. Like, no. That is true. No, like he straight up fist fights a building. Like the building gets all mad and shit, and he's like, "Nah, God. fuck you." Yeah, that's a good <laughs> movie. Building with a fake leg. All right. <laughs> The building um, had a fake leg. Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, then there's this uh, other uh, this uh, you know James Wan uh, and one of John Wick's writers are making a time traveling cop movie. Time cop? Uh, no, I wish it's called Hunting Season. Now I don't the story like the story is by Frank M. Robinson, and you will know him. He's a pulp sci-fi guy. He was he was also Harvey Milk's uh, speechwriter for a time. But. Uh, but he has been adapted to film before, most famously for The Towering Inferno oh. from the 70s. I was going to uh, say, is that an old 70. movie? I wasn't yeah. yeah. It's It started all of the disaster movies of the 70s. Hmm. That was oh. Ernest Borgnine's very best stairwell death. 
Think. Does he have several of those? Well, yeah, the Poseidon Adventure. I think he dies in a stairwell. He so. was no, he made it out of the Poseidon Adventure. His oh, wife did died. he? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, she. That was Shelley Sh- Winters. Yeah. My Linda, or no, Shirley, Shirley, Shirley McLean. Sure, no, no, one of them. It was Shirley McLean. God, I wish she was in Poseidon Adventure. That would have been so amazing. Uh, Shelley Winters was in Poseidon Adventure, but did not play Ernest Borgnine's wife. It was. Uh, he was like a, a famous trucking magnet or something, and his yeah. his wife was younger than he was. And hey, remember when the remember when the boat flipped upside down and the and the record player kept playing "Good Times Are Here Again" and I was like, ah, this is scary. That's crazy. <laughs> Ernest yeah. Borg, you're all wrong. Ernest Borgnine's best role was obviously the voice of Mermaid Man in SpongeBob SquarePants. He Actually, was not. His yes. best <laughs> his best role was his string fellow Hawks mechanic on Airwolf. There you go. I feel like y'all just making up some wild. I shit I mean, right we now. we could we could mention the Academy Award he won for the Birdman of Alcatraz, but why bother? Ah, what does that matter? <laughs> All right, hunting season. Um, it's uh, <laughs> duck season. in the future. A cop hunting is declared. Season. Yes, a cop is declared the enemy of the state and punished in an arcane, striking way. He's sent to the past, so it's the opposite of the movie we talked about earlier, uh, where a posse waits to hunt him down and kill him. The protagonist is to then figure out his way around a foreign past while also keeping himself alive. So it's, wait, wait, uh, wait. Yeah. So wait, wait. So wait. Hmm? So wait. <laughs> so right. like, let's say Rebecca commits a crime. She gets sent back to when she was a kid. It does not say what time period. So this is like Looper with Time Cop and yeah, and so, probably Running Man. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, but also, the, why did the, I commit the crime? I don't know. You're the first person that popped up in my head. You look guilty with that, with that, with that, with that hat low. You got the, you got the black hat. You look like you're just, you, you look like a, you know, you look like, oh my god, you look like a, you, uh, what's the dude that was with us, uh, dude, in civil, in civil war. You look like, you look like Skojo in civil war. Uh, when she was I on am the run. incognito. Yeah, you look like when uh, this is Steve my Rogers and Black Widow was on the run. I am Team Cap. Well, All yeah, right. duh. No <laughs> cap there. Because she's got a cap on. <laughs> and uh, let's see, Gina Rodriguez mm. is attached to, uh, oh, I want to see this. Uh, the name of the movie is The Aliens Are Stealing Our Weed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Directed by Seth Rogen, just a shot in the dark. Uh, no. <laughs> it's a very specific uh, title. It says uh, it's from the eternal screenwriter Ryan Furpo. Uh, the story concerns two hapless pot growers named Candace and Izzy who uncover an alien conspiracy to steal the planet's marijuana supply after their entire crop of weed goes missing. Yes, Lady Stoner movie. We don't have those. We have like one. We don't. It's true. What is the one? Smiley Face with uh, Anna Ferris. Oh. It's not very good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of like Lady Stoner movies. There's uh like it's starting to come up in like TV shows like Broad City and um Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Aquafina one. The Oh, uh, yeah, Nora, Nora from, from Queens. Queens. Yeah. Like that's starting to pop up, but you don't really see it. Uh, we, we've been watching it? we've been watching Nora mm-hmm. from Queens. It's actually kind of funny. Nora from, Nora from Queens is mad funny. Yeah. All right. Uh let's see. And let me uh Oh, I found... Oh, you're going to love this. Oh, you're going to love this. Okay. (laughs) So Val Kilmer has been popping up in the news. I love it. 
I'll be your Huckleberry. He's got a he's got a new memoir. It's either out or it's it's coming out. It's called but, Twenty Years at Chick Fil A. <laughs> uh, here here's here's one of the interesting tidbits that uh, fell out of the book about his time as Batman in uh, Batman Forever. Was it that uh, he has the biggest dick of all the Batmans? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> was that what we determined? Was it? Yes. That's what we determined with uh, okay. the. The creators of Venture Brothers. That's right. Jackson Jackson Public and Doc Hammer doubted us, but we were right. All right. Uh, The actor recalled that one day during production on Forever, he remained in the Batsuit because he had heard some special guests were stopping by the set. Warren Buffett and his family. However, Buffett's grandkids had no interest in talking to Kilmer. They just wanted to play with props and ride in the Batmobile. (laughs) That's when Kilmer him. that's when Kilmer realized anyone could wear the mask. He says that's why it's so easy to have five or six Batmans. It's not about Batman. There is no Batman. So that's why he didn't do Batman again. Because some kids blew him off. Because some kids blew him off. Kilmer's Batman exit has been hotly debated for years. Director Joel Schumacher said in 2017 that uh, Kilmer left Batman and Robin at the 11th hour. Because he wanted to work with Marlon Brando on the island of Dr. Moreau. Oh, it was so good, though. <laughs> Isn't he, like, super weird in that movie? Yeah. Oh, that oh, Brando is. Oh, that movie's fucking bananas. That whole Bonkers. Straight up. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, Feruza Balk's a hot kitty girl? <laughs> Whatever happened wife. to Feruza Balk? And that well, was like, uh, she that movie happened to her career? <laughs> that happened. <laughs> that was one no, of those like... times, like, the director could not rein in. Uh, Brando's weird shit he wanted Brando to do. Brando or Val Kilmer. They were yeah. both crazy. And, yeah. uh, like, for example, one of my favorite stories about Brando in um, Superman the movie is that he honestly <laughs> wanted Jor-El to be a talking bagel. Bagel? Bagel. Yeah. The ba- a, ba- a bagel or the, a bagel? A bagel. I think he would say and bagel. They were, and, Wait, uh, bagel. Because he's fucking crazy. And, uh, yeah, and the director was just like, no. <laughs> that was uh, Richard Donner, right? Yeah, Richard Donner was like, I don't think that's, uh, that's that no. direction I see this going in. We're not going to do that. Brando is at the craft service table looking at the bagels. And he yeah. turns to Richard Donner and says, you know what? Jor-El needs to be a bagel. <laughs> no, my message doesn't sound. <laughs> And then Kalel can eat him. Um, yeah, I've I've got a I've got two books upstairs about Brando and what a weird motherfucker he is. And uh, sometimes he would just do things to see if he could get away with things. Um, so maybe that was the bagel story. But then there yeah, was one time true chaotic he, energy. There was Plus one time borders, that he borderline he, personality disorder. He really didn't want to do this one part in this movie. And so he kept telling the, the filmmakers he had different excuses every time. And then uh, one time, he knew that the, that the filmmaker was going to call him. He had friends of his set up in his living room a sound effects array to make it sound like he was on an airplane. He got Foley work done in his <laughs> he house. He got Foley work done in his house to <laughs> fool people that he was on an airplane. I'm sorry, I can't. I'm, I'm, on, a, I'm on a flight to Fiji right now. I can't. That is Jesus. dedication to the lie. Wow. And, and you know, complete, complete <laughs> it's with the like sounds. 19, it's 1974. Yeah. So we don't even have phones on planes. <laughs> it's, right. it's, 
it's it's the whole the whole thing was just like you know he had a speaker where the pilot would speak and he had an actor you know, going this is the pilot's mate <laughs> Jesus <laughs> he's a crazy motherfucker oh yeah I'll have a ginger ale <laughs> Yo, ginger ale is good as fuck but he was so good in Juan, Don Juan DeMarco. <laughs> I thought Val Kimmer didn't come back because they wanted nipples in his suit. No, he had nipples in the suit, didn't he? No, that's, uh, that's, that was that's Clooney. The, that's the Clooney uh, joint. I thought he just recognized that it was a terrible movie and didn't want to make another one. Yo, no, that's, that's a hard one. I just rewatched them and they're good. Uh, Batman what? Forever still stands up. That's a hard one because Bob Ringwood, the guy that designed all the armor for the for the Batman movies, the dude was ba- basically going back to like ancient Roman armor where they did put nipples on legionnaire and commander armor yeah. suits so that's what he thought he was throwing the homage back to if you watch excalibur uh which was probably his best work as a as a costumer um mordred's armor has nipples like probably 18 sets of it it's like he's a... <laughs> yeah. so, how do you gotta have 18 sets of nipples i have like, 18 sets of nipples fokker can you milk me it's like a, uh, a dog that just gave birth okay right? so I'll help just... me remember it was it was uh it was it was Rebecca. batman I think he Batman just inspired Returns. some fan fiction. I think he did. <laughs> then Batman Forever, which was Val Kilmer with uh, the Riddler, right? No, that no? was Batman Returns. Yeah, was Batman Forever the one with the Penguin? No, no, that, that was no. Batman Returns. Batman, Batman Forever has Riddler in it, and okay. um, and um, Tommy Lee Jones, who told Jim Two Carrey face. he could not suffer his buffoonery or something like that. I will not suffer your right? buffoonery. Yeah. That's Tommy Lee Jones uh, yeah. basically playing Jack Nicholson as Two Face. Yeah, basically, yeah. Holy yeah. shit, yeah. All right. Anyway, uh, you know it was crazy. It's like Tommy Lee Jones' face was already jacked up. Yeah. They just, well, I mean that it's it's so just, wrinkly. They could have just like unwrinkled one side. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I that have been no, the no, good my pops, side. My pops took have... me to see this movie, and he was like, "Why did they jack his face up even more? They could have just <laughs> saved the money." And just call Carrie, it face. <laughs> Carrie, were you ever able to confirm whether or not the, the Robin Williams turning down the role because they wouldn't let him do his homage to Frank Gorshin if that was real or just fan? To, to play the Riddler? I, I, yeah. have not, I have not been able to confirm nor deny. Yeah, that, that was like the big hot buzz pre-internet that, that was it was Robin Williams' part, but he wanted to do it like Frank Gorshin. And when they told him that he couldn't, he was like, well, fuck this. I don't want any part of it. Well, back then I would have agreed that would have been good, but now I want a Riddler who's kind of evocative of uh, uh, Jigsaw or somebody, you know. Or the mm. Dean from Community. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> no, you have that already. Yeah, you have that already. Dean Riddler. Oh! You know, Batman Batman Returns is still my all-time favorite Batman movie. No, no. Kat and I watched Batman Returns the other night, and I'm telling you, that shit is sad. So the, the Penguin you and Catwoman? Watch Batman and Robin. No. Oh, wait, no. I, I, which, uh... Yeah, Batman and Robin. That's the one with Alicia Silverstone. Alicia right? Silverstone, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I watched that one recently. That was, like, the first, like, superhero movie. I remember being like, yeah, I could get down with this. But, what okay? I like I like Batman Returns for the Tim Burton because it's obviously Tim Burton doing Tim Burton mm-hmm. shit, but it's just yeah. the writing is so it's atrocious. Bad. It's like so yeah. Bad. I don't I don't think I ever paid attention to the writing because that that movie was such a um, visual thing for me. Yes, I, I okay. I, I, I think I saw see, it like we agree. We agree. I think I must have seen it like forty five times. 
Plus, Christopher Walken's amazing in it. Yes, he is. See, it's yes. been, it's been yeah, so see, long since I've seen it. All I remember is Danny DeVito biting someone's nose off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and still getting elected. <laughs> yeah, so right. that movie. You know, it was it was it was pre Trump, right? Yeah. I was gonna say is, you you think it's bad writing, but take a look at uh, who's running right. our White House now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we had somebody. We had somebody crawl out of a sewer and get uh, elected <laughs> guys, president. Guys, I can I can bit I can bite his nose off and still get elected. Okay. In in the middle of Fifth Avenue. Yeah, I could bite his nose off in the middle of Fifth Avenue in Gotham and still get elected. <laughs> no, I just when I when I watch yeah. it now, I look Wait, at it and go, are. okay, well this this movie actually feels like the greatest. Um, because I know Burton didn't want it to actually feel like the the Adam West Batman, but it actually feels. Very much like the Adam West Batman, mm-hmm. with kind of a you know different lens on it. But yeah, that one especially. Uh, it's, yeah, it started to turn there. You know, because the first one with uh, Nicholson and all that that was that was going for a dark vibe, and Keaton was a, a playing a dark vibe. And then it was like the next day they went, let's lighten it up a little bit. Right. And yeah, is, you're right. It's just well, yeah, funny to watch you, Michael cause... Keaton turn, turn his head. Yeah. Yep. You mean try to turn his head? Yeah. <laughs> Who's that? Who's that? He can't. Turn Who are you? His head. Well, well, because like after Burton, because like after Burton, it goes to like Joel Schum is the yeah Joel Schumacher, Schumacher. Yeah. next, yeah. and yeah. he's just like action movie dial, and mm-hmm. it just gets absurd. also also neon background dial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a problem. All right. Uh, after these, these messages, messages. We'll be right back. feeling cooped up at home? Are you not entertained? For the best selection of board games, magic, Dungeons and Dragons, figurine painting sets, puzzles, and more, Haster has it. Our friends at Haster Games are staying open and offering curbside service. Or you can also go into the store. While you're spending more time at home, Haster has hundreds of great family games, two-player games, and solo games in stock. Now with curbside service, you can go to hastergames.com to shop and buy your games, and then just call them when you get to the store, and someone will bring it out to your vehicle. Safe and convenient. Haster has open board gaming all the time, so you can demo any one of the games from their 300 games library before you buy. Haster Games is locally owned and operated. They're located at 6831 South States. They're open 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Saturday and noon to 5 on Sunday. Haster Games, we're all in this together. I'm JD. And I'm Peterson. And we're two-thirds of the 3-Bit Gamer Show. Don't worry about the other third. Yeah, seriously, don't ask questions. Just listen to the 3-Bit Gamer Show for games, laughs, and Fred Durst. Find the 3-Bit Gamer Show wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we are back. Okay. Um, what, do you, what are you guys uh, watching these days? Solar Opposites. Oh, has it started? Th- yeah, I got to start that. I started the first three episodes as Cat. Holy shit. I, I, I almost like it better than Rick and Morty. Well, see, the, the reviews I've read, that's their biggest criticism is it's too much like Rick and Morty. And I'm just like, and? Yeah, yeah. Justin Roiland so? has the one style. Yeah, that's what he does. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Well, I like it because it's like Third Rock from the Sun with Rick and Morty in a way. And it just, there is that Third Rock. Like, I just miss John Lithgow's character uh, in Third Rock from the Sun. And it's just like, I don't know. 
it they they went all out the celeb see that's the thing it's like the celebs just show up for this one and it's i mean they always show up but i mean like it's just funny i've been enjoying it what else did i watch i was watching something else too that's been good but i don't know no, i really speak, I, i'm enjoying it speaking of uh, rick and morty it's back and that uh, first episode uh that was on the cool. that was on the snowpiercer train that's yeah. a doozy yeah. It was a bit much. There's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot. I know, I've, watched, I've watched it four times. I, I, I'm going to watch it again. I watched it yesterday yeah. for the first time, and, and it's, well, it's bonkers. Yeah, and, and after every Rick and Morty episode, I do this with a lot of TV shows, I'll watch like a breakdown video on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And even like, it's just so meta. And everyone who does these Rick and Morty breakdown videos is it's just like one big jerk off fest and i'm like oh no don't then then don't look at those listen to the adult swim podcast because they've been doing Mm -hmm. with the creators of the show and the writers of the show uh breaking it down and explaining it so that's what you need instead of a bunch of fanboys yeah i think that's what i'm gonna have to start doing that that scene with with morty trying to tell a story that would pass the bechdel test oh oh my god holy crap that was the only part of the episode i liked (laughs) that was just like (laughs) Every every next sentence was just like what, what? what? That is the only part of the episode I liked. I just I just knew it was going to go in a weird direction when he says, "Oh Rick, why are why are we on a train? It's not real, Morty. It's a metaphor." Oh, oh. yep. Here we go. The Bechdel test, Morty. What do they teach you in that school? <laughs> you don't you don't even know what the Bechdel test is, Morty. So I what? haven't even I haven't uh, even what? watched anything in the last week, so I'll have to give that a shot. I'm getting yeah, ready to watch Upload. Is that any good? Okay, so I am seven episodes into Upload, and it is really cool. Okay. I hear good I'll things. Watch. It's I'll also like been renewed upload. for a second season. Yeah, so. I'm liking nice. it a lot. Yeah. Well, because Amazon actually believes in a budget behind its shows. Oh, Drake! Drake! Not really, not really for this show because it's not needed. <laughs> but, well, it's Greg. Uh, it's Greg Daniels from The Office, right? Yeah. Well, Office, Parks and Rec. Um, yeah. He's written a ton of stuff. I looked him up after because I saw. Oh, he wrote in the he wrote for The Simpsons for like four seasons in the nineties. I mean, well, duh, the guys the guys got bona fides. So, uh, anyone Killing else? Eve, Killing Eve again. Oh, Killing Eve this season is great. It's so good. Like that that has been the weirdest thing for me. What's Go that? ahead, Jay. I'm sorry. I I covered Killing Eve as a journalist for two years. And yeah, I know. And now this, we're all late this to third the party. No, this third season's on, and I'm just like, I'm not. I don't know how to watch it without writing about it. We've been uh, we've been watching it from uh, the first season. Uh, Sue said, "Sit down, you're going to watch this," and yeah, and yeah. I was just. I mean, I've always loved Sandra O, oh, and and it's yeah. just uh, so good. And this season, this third season, has just been. I just think Bonkers. it's. It's its best season. It's yeah. just amazing. Uh, well, and it's it's so well done. And Jodie Comer uh, and Sandra Oh have such amazing chemistry. And Villanelle's just one of those. Like the books are fantastic. If you ever get a chance to read the books that yeah. the show is based off of, I've heard that. But when she killed that dude in that uh, that sex window, wearing the pig mask, <laughs> it's, it's like right, one of the yeah. best one of the best murders ever. Right? <laughs> it's, it's wild. Like I remember, yeah. like Villanelle is easily one of the coolest. I, it's yeah like she's the, one of the coolest characters i've ever seen and jodie comer right that's yeah yeah, yeah great like, villain she the way her range the way she flips it so quickly is is insane it's well it's, there's that it's fun to watch there's that episode in the second season towards the end when she goes undercover for uh uh-huh. for mi6 where she runs through uh-huh, what like uh-huh. six accents in uh-huh. five minutes yeah and yeah, they're it's... not they're not bad accents they're 
their really fucking good accents. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's Stunning. really, it's it's really, it's really cool to to watch. Yeah, yeah. that's that's great, that's, great show. And so uh, any, anyone else? Because I, I got a few. I, so <laughs> I watched. I'm a big fan of um, Adventure Time, and uh, I loved that show. And Pendleton Ward is the creator, and he has another show that that uh, got picked up by Netflix called The Midnight Gospel. I want to check this out. I want to see this so bad. Okay, so I've only watched the first episode, but it is one of the weirdest shows I've seen in a long time. It looks weird. It's super weird. The animation is even looser than uh, Adventure Time. Okay. But the, the, the episode is basically the main character and a guy who... Uh, is voiced by Dr. Drew Pinsky talking. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're talking about uh, mental health Yeah, for the whole like 22, 25 minute episode while they run around and kill zombies in, <laughs> in, in this world. And, well, and there's, there's like, epi- I think there's one episode that it's like a meditation on death. Yeah. And like, it's like a, a and, philosophy kind of movie. Uh, well, show. and that's the thing is, is adventure time was, like that too to a much lesser extent but there was a whole lot of philosophy and and you know musing on life and death and things like that in adventure time subtext uh enough there that if you're an adult you're like wow that was pretty profound but not too much so that it alienates the children i'm writing this down what's this show again the midnight Midnight gospel Gospel. it's on netflix it's on netflix yeah yeah it the first episode i i like i got done watching and i was just like i i don't know what that is i I want more of it i'm gonna keep watching it but i don't i don't know what i just watched see i have a hard time with it it feels too much like work you know mental health hunting zombies Uh, well (laughs) uh also on netflix i started watching never have i ever which is just like a teen a teenage show this girl in high school and um she's indian and her mom is like she comes from a like very strict indian family and it's all about you know her being in high school and it's very and it's narrated by that tennis uh that tennis star uh begins with an m m m are his initials tennis star m m whatever john mcenroe john mcenroe yeah he narrates it (laughs) and uh yeah i know um but it's endearing i know i thought it was mm but it's john mcenroe oh okay it's it's mon mcenroe but it's just uh like sweet endearing like fun to turn off your brain and just watch some teens be dumb speaking of uh turning off your brain a little bit i i'm catching up on also uh my hero academia and love it man i really enjoy that show except there is too much inner monologuing by the characters talking in their heads about how they've got to keep trying harder. Dude, have you, have you seen and anime? That's all I, it's based on. I feel like there's like, a, well, okay, so I'm more used to, um, like, the, the the last anime I was watching before that was Castlevania and uh, One Punch Man. just get right to it? Yeah, okay, but, yeah. So, and they so kind of just get right to it. Castlevania is not really anime. Like It's, it's, it's I, pretty I think Western. it's an Asian studio. Well, it's Warren Ellis wrote it. Yeah, it's pretty it's, Western in its yeah. dialogue choices and things yeah. like that. But... But yeah, it's like I, I really like uh, what I'm seeing from 
uh, My Hero Academia. It's really interesting, and I like how they have weird, quirky abilities that they introduce almost every episode and things like, oh, like that. The girl with tape? For yeah, the, yeah, the tape guy yep. with tapes like, out of his elbow. I like elbow old, and... the old guy who's just a jet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Gran Torino, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, which is uh, a funny name. But it's, Tony, it's a Tony, you need to uh, you need to reach out to our friend uh, Kiki then. Well, I was going to say it. Mm-hmm. I need to give a shout-out to Kiki. She's the one that got me watching it a while back. That's I just her jam. Yeah, that's up. her jam. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. I'm enjoying it. It's a great show. But when you complain about too much inner monologue in, in anime, you're talking like the entire second and third season of Bleach. Ah, yes. it's just, well, maybe I'll stay it's away two, from that show. It's two guys. It's two guys on a bluff, staring at each other with the wind oh, yeah. blowing through your hair. That's what I mean. Like you'll yeah. be in the middle of these fight scenes, and all of a sudden, like time will just freeze, I guess, and it'll zoom yeah. in on the character's face, and then it'll be about thirty or forty-five seconds of them talking to themselves in their head while Dude, nothing happens. That's and... what it is, though. But <laughs> oh. that's what it is. It, it's right. like, and they always do that breathing where they're like. Uh-huh. <gasps> uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> And then Dr. Oh. Satan shows up with his dog. and then they all have to... <laughs> Mr. Satan. <laughs> Sorry, wrong anime. Yeah. Oh, my God. Anyone else? I'm just waiting for that. I'm just waiting for that extreme tag show to come on. <laughs> oh, you, you're getting season two of Holy Moly, though, Shannon. I saw that. <laughs> Holy Moly got renewed. Yeah. It got renewed. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that fucking show. Is it Fuck still going to have uh, Stefan Curry? Yeah. He's, he's uh, the producer. Awesome. It, the whole thing. It looks like he's they the may have built a the show. It looks like they may have built a new course. That's so, awesome. nice. All right. That uh, show. I, so I started uh, the Disney. Kills on that. I started the uh, Disney Gallery uh, Mandalorian. Okay. So good. So, okay, so good. As, I, o- as I only of, saw the first one. Okay, as of this recording, there are two episodes. Uh, watch the first one. What did you guys think? Because I have comments about the second one. <laughs> I, loved, uh, I, I loved the first one. I thought it was great. It was funny because I watched the first one before I watched the last episode of Clone Wars. And mm-hmm. I, I had this epiphany where it was like, everybody's giving Jon Favreau credit for The Mandalorian. And then you realize watching the first episode of that show that it was literally a joint venture between him and Dave Filoni. Yeah. And Filoni really, I've said it a couple times now, he really needs to be the Kevin Feige of Star Wars. If he was running Star Wars, I think it would be going to a phenomenal place. But we'll, we'll talk about where Clone Wars went um, on, a, on a Patreon segment because holy yeah. shit. We're going to um, record but, a Patreon segment right after yeah, we record this uh, for Clone Wars. Anyway, go you ahead. Were, you were saying episode two was a whole new thing? Here's episode two. It the, the first episode is really slickly produced with a lot of cuts and a lot of music and a lot of, uh, yeah. you know, really nice documentary uh, style uh, editing and all that. The second one is a little bit more low budget, and I really appreciated it because they took more time with it. Now, they're all 30 minutes long, about, um, but there was a part in the second episode where Dave Filoni... They're interviewing him because they're sitting at a round table with a bunch of other creators and directors and all that people who helped on the show. And somebody talked about um, the arc of Anakin and Vader. Okay. And Dave Filoni then stepped up because somebody, it was like they had a question. They weren't sure about something. Dave Filoni stepped up and he said, here's how George explained it to me. He then started talking. I kept expecting because of that first episode for the camera to cut away to something else and and not let him finish. He went for a good three and a half minutes where they didn't cut the camera. And he was able to explain 
the arc of Anakin to Vader, and it, and it made sense. And and yeah. so I want to show that is Dave Filoni explains Star Wars, <laughs> right? Because I'm sitting there watching this and I'm going, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> well, I just I just watched a 20 minute segment they recorded on the Star Wars channel of him talking to a reporter just about the symbolism of Anakin changing the crystals in Ahsoka's lightsaber to blue. You see that that's yeah. the, that's the show I want. I want Dave Filoni explains Star Wars. I just want him running the franchise right now because I really feel like the dude, he's a lore master. He knows everything there is to know. He's the dude that when he starts talking Star Wars, I shut up and listen because it's mm -hmm. not conjecture. It's it's the real thing. He sat at the foot of the master. He learned his shit from the right guy. He's the guy that when he starts talking about the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise, he knows the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise. So uh, I, I want that to be where Star Wars goes because I, I think that he's the right shepherd. Exactly. I just, uh, I, I was just uh, enamored watching him talking about this arc that I thought I understood. Yeah. I thought I, I, I got it after all these years. And there it is. No, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. And then I started watching Rise of Skywalker and I watched the first uh, 20 minutes of it. And I'll be honest with you, I think we may have been too hard on this movie. I told everybody I loved it. I yeah. agree. Yeah. I know. I, just, I know you're I shaking. Just, you're I, shaking your head, Rebecca. But <laughs> I went in there with no expectations other than to have a good time and see some shit blow up. Yeah, I mean, I didn't finish it. I just it was just the first twenty minutes. Then I yeah. went to bed. But I was like, my last thought when I went to bed and I wrote it down was, I may have been a little too hard on this movie. It's wow. a great. You guys are happy. I'm happy for you. <laughs> I, it's it is still to this day the only Star Wars movie I've only watched once. Uh, well, I mean, you know, it just you, came out. Yeah, you got the, the, the Disney Plus. Go ahead and take a look yeah. at it. I, I will. I just don't. I'm not in a hurry. And it's fine. See, this I've is only where saw, I wish. I only saw it once, too. This is where I wish that you guys could come over to the basement and we'd go into my TV room and we could all sit and watch it together and argue about it. I would just love I, that. I, more still, than I still stand by my original assessment. It is a fantastic commercial for Star Wars. Mm hmm. Kara, mm, I, ha okay. I have six gas masks. <laughs> hey, there we go. Get on a plane. <laughs> I've got a test that'll tell me if I'm positive within an hour. Oh, wait, I don't. <laughs> oh, I didn't know you were a one percenter. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm in you. my bunker. Uh, a couple of other things I want you guys to look at. Um, uh, and uh, I talked about this on the radio, but uh, this is for you guys. Um, online, uh, you know, Rancho Obi-Wan is uh, Steve Sansweet, and he has the world's largest, allegedly, I think it is because it's Guinness World Records, uh, world's largest collection of Star Wars memorabilia. Oh, and he's officially used to be sanctioned to, by Lucasfilm, right? Yeah, he well, he used to work for Lucasfilm. He was in yeah. fan relations. Uh, but uh, he has opened up Rancho Obi-Wan, and you used to be able to go and tour it. You could buy a ticket and tour it. And since the you know lockdown and everything, you can't. So he made a video. He had someone come in and help him make a video, and he does. It's like a twenty-minute video of a tour of Rancho Obi Wan. Is this Ooh. the? This is the house with the crazy theater room. I didn't get that far. Um, it's like a barn that is filled with the largest collection of props from Star Wars movies ever. Hmm. It's got so. props and toys. It's it focuses yeah. on a lot of the toys, but uh, it yeah. does have props. It and it What's also the guy's has name again. Steve, Steve Sansweet. Sand what you need to search for, it's on YouTube, is Biggest Star Wars Collection Guinness World Records, and you'll find it there. It's Rancho Obi-Wan, and he's got everything. He's got the rocket-firing Boba Fett figure, 
Uh, he's got, uh, I think he's got Darth Vader's cod piece from the movie. <laughs> well, yeah, obvious. Wow. Uh, he's got the cantina band. He said that uh, one of them was uh, used in the movie. And uh, Anyway, so that's interesting. And then there's another one I want you all to look up on YouTube. It's called Boss Bitch Fight Challenge. Oh. It's so good. Did, did you it's see this, Rebecca? so good. Oh, what hell is, yeah. What is uh, Boss Bitch Fight Challenge? So, so Zoe Bell, sorry, Carrie. Uh, no, Zoe ahead. Bell is a uh, stunt woman slash yeah. actress. Um, oh, and I've she, seen yeah. yeah, she put together, she uh, got a bunch of women who are known for like being in action movies and like fighters. So you have like and uh, Scarlett women. and stunt women. So you have like um, Scarlett Johansson, Margot Robbie. Uh, Rosario Dawson, um, just like a ton of women, and you Lu- they- yeah, you got Lucy Lawless, you got Uma Thurman, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Cameron Diaz, Tandy oh, Newton, wow. Zoe Saldana, uh, a bunch of them, and a bunch of other stunt performers who are also uh, well known in the industry. Oh. And she was Zuma Thurman's stunt woman in Kill Bill. So, yeah. mm-hmm. and then Tarantino used her in Death Proof. Um, yeah, that it's about her. She plays herself, and they she even got. Starts- uh, yeah, well, they even got what's her name from? Uh, oh, I can't remember the actress's name from Splash, the Mermaid. Um, Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. Hannah's up in this. Wow. Daryl yeah. Hannah plays. Rosie Perez the, is in it. Yeah. yeah. Daryl Hannah plays the part that she played in the Kill Bill movie. You know, nice. the, the the nurse. The nurse. So it's they do she's it all. She's wearing a mask. She's wearing a, a a mask. You know, like, and mm-hmm. it's got the cross on it. That was nice. on her eye patch. That was on her eye patch. <laughs> <laughs> So watch, look for that. It's just uh, look under Boss Bitch Fight Challenge. Yeah, I'm already it's on really YouTube cool. right now. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really cool. Uh, games, Tony? Games. Oh, wait, uh, Lee, what? I do have a quick recommendation. It is a game, but it's, okay. a, tabletop, it's a tabletop game. Uh, Joseph McCullough, he's the guy that wrote a really great tabletop battle game called Frostgrave, where you can use any series of miniatures. There's just archetypes that give you the rules for the different types of characters. Uh, he's written a game called Rangers of Shadow Deep, which is, I don't think it's the first tabletop game that you can play on your own, uh, but it's one of the first, and it actually has a uh, an artificial intelligence built into the game. So it doesn't, doesn't use a computer, but it's just a book that'll actually allow you to play a tabletop game against the game itself without using a computer and being able to use your miniatures. It's it's like the perfect self-quarantine tabletop game uh, for anybody out there who misses going to game stores. Like, I haven't been able to go to my therapy store in two months now, and I really miss being able to roll dice with my friends and play those games. So uh, Rangers of Shadow Deep has actually been a really good uh, distraction for me while I wait out the rest of the end of Western civilization. <laughs> Tony? Uh, nope. <laughs> go, go, oh. play, go play some games that you already have oh okay <laughs> well that's good enough for me uh anything else before we go hey um can i, can I just lead us out there yeah um i just want to say um believe in yourself okay <laughs> Jesus Christ. no no <laughs> You, I told you guys, I am I am the moderator of this Zoom, and the only way I let you in is if you he believe in yourself. He will mute you, Shannon. He will mute you. And so I just say it to people: is if you want to get in, believe in yourself. That's it. You want to get in the Zoom? If you all I want to do is a Zoom, Zoom, Zoom in the Zoom room. <laughs> just believe you in yourself. Believe in yourself. Yeah, that sounds advice. <laughs> I think. <laughs> I don't see why you have a problem, Shannon. Exactly. Mr. B, 
if you would, please. <sighs> you know, I, I wonder what this meal would be like from the perspective of the ham. <laughs> Brace yourselves. The area of penetration will no doubt be sensitive. 